Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here today to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your small business. Today, we're going to discuss some fresh perspectives regarding the profitability of your business. And I'd like to say hello, business rock stars. It's me again, Maggie here, and I'm your host today. I'm a small business thought leader, tenured master business coach, and growth strategist for about 20 years now. And I am the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., the coaching practice that specializes in guiding and simplifying your small, brilliant business. Okay, now let me say that again, your small, brilliant business. And I'm all about improving the underserved small business sector. And I honestly believe small businesses are the accelerant of our economy, so much so that inadvertently I created a number one best-selling business book series for small business owners. But we'll talk about that a little later. Most importantly, what I would like for you to know is I did not do it alone. All good things are never done in silos. I invited tenured experts to join me in the authoring process, and today we have with us one of our tenured experts, number one best-selling business author, Dennis Hill, and that's Dr. Dennis Hill. Hi. Hi, Dennis. I'm well. Yeah, welcome back here. We're going to do it again. Good to be here. I love these podcasts with you. Okay, so now everyone... It's really important for you to know who Dennis Hill is because he works with small to medium businesses and he helps their owners and leaders integrate their business systems to streamline operations and systems and align workers and their workflows so they can improve their productivity and ultimately profitability. Does that sound like a fair shake, Dennis? You bet it does. Okay, so here you are. Welcome back. Good to be here. <laughs> okay. Now, for everyone who's been a regular listener, you're going to say, hey, wait, I know this guy. And you do because Dennis was one of our authors in volume four, where he spent a great deal of time focusing on productivity. And he came back for volume five to author in volume five because productivity ultimately should impact profitability, right, Dennis? That's correct. Okay, so check this out, everyone. In volume five, Dennis writes about um, intentional profits, and his chapter is titled, Integrate for Well-Managed Intentional Profits. Okay, so everyone, you ready to have your brains blown away for a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my yeah i just set you up dennis <laughs> shall we dive into it let's do it okay so dennis in our interviews we're going to dive deeply into each phase of integrating business processes um, to intentionally manage profit growth that you outlined in your chapter that's volume five releasing november 10th of this year. Um, And when you outline this in your chapter, you shared a great deal of information. Where's the best place for us to start this mini series you're in here? That's, that's really a great question. Um, 
And again, thank you for having me back this year. It's a, a great team of authors. And of course, under your leadership, um, we know that volume five is going to be as a successful hit as your previous four volumes are. Uh, with that said, that also illustrates my point, which is that you're not just the compiler of a volume, you're a compiler of a successful series. And when we look at that series, we're looking holistically. So the intended ecosystem here of one's business really establishes the starting place for this kind of discussion. Last year, we talked about the impact of looking at uh, integrating our business systems in order to improve productivity. If I can, if I can design out things that are time wasters and, and affect people's productivity um, or improve uh, their access to information in an organization, which integration does, then, then I, can, I can actually monitor and measure that. But what a lot of small business owners don't realize is they can take those measurements and extend them to other aspects of their business, including the proverbial financial statements, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're looking now at how looking at the business holistically, not just as, as a paper of chart, uh, containing a chart of accounts, with your income at the top and your profit or loss at the bottom, but that it's actually kind of like the EKG um, of, of your business's health. And just like you would go into the hospital and feeling chest pain or something like that, you'd want to know what's going on by looking at the EKG. We need to know what's going on in our business. And there's no better place to look at that than at the, at the financial statements. So uh, when we are integrating and we're looking at these, we shouldn't be looking at them just to rule out, for example, just advertising or just focus on sales margin, uh, sales figures, or just look at what our cost of, um, of interest is at the bank, you know, uh, or, you know, our bank fees are. We should be looking at the entire sheet. And, and a person may see, for example, based on too narrow a view, um, uh, a limited amount of information, which will actually lead them to a wrong decision. So I've, I've thrown a lot out there. Let me give you an example, okay? A person sees a bunch of wolves attacking rabbits, all right? That's a predatory act to some people. Oh my gosh, we need to go out and eliminate those wolves because they're, they're killing all those rabbits. However, if the person really looks at this holistically, they would realize if you remove the wolves, the growth of the rabbit population will, will be unfettered. It just be, you know, it would just lead to all sorts of problems in the long run because of uh, rabbit population growth, food shortages, and probably the starvation of a whole rabbit colony eventually. So it, it get, perspective matters, point of view matters. Okay. I get that. And I, I love that. I understand what you're saying about looking at your business holistically. So often in today's um, marketplace, we see a lot of experts that are working in silos. Mm. And, and they may be an expert in that silo, but they're not necessarily doing a favor when it comes to having an integrated business and a business that operates smoothly and is sustainable. So I, I'm really thrilled that you brought that up. Mm -hmm. Besides that, I like wolves. <laughs> okay, let me ask you the second question. Given that your chapter involves intentionally managing profit growth, 
what would you think the opposite point of view would be? Well, it, it certainly, I like to use different terms. For example, incidental, or you used a term earlier with respect to your creating the series as inadvertently, okay? Um, I, I think the, the negative or the opposite side leads one to just imagine that the perspective by maintained by most small business owners on their, on their businesses themselves really are putting out fires, right? It's whatever the hot button is that day. And unfortunately, we can make excuses <laughs> that would suggest that we're always putting out fires, right? Sure. I'm not saying that there's a right or a wrong approach to holding or not holding a holistic view, because there are times when the alternative perspective is very valuable. And that, that I call atomistic. Okay, you're looking at the atomic level, the detail level, okay? But too often the SBOs will fall into those rabbit holes, going along with our wolves and rabbits image here. They're going to fall in and run into those rabbit holes, losing sight of the matters that are truly critical to operating their business. Um, in my chapter, I specifically make reference to the fact that viewing the company as a whole and trying to integrate the various processes from A to Z, womb to tomb, however you wish to describe it, is considered a luxury, and it's not, especially in light of the circumstances, unprecedented conditions we've been operating under the last year. So rather than being the cause of their surroundings, many SBOs, many small business owners, too often become the effect of their surroundings. And of course, being the cause of your surroundings is intentional, while being the effect of your surroundings is incidental. What a powerful statement. And I see this being true for the past 20 years working with small business owners, even all businesses. All businesses do this, right? We're very reactionary. We spend most of our day being reactionary, if not all of it, unless we intend to do something differently and correct those points. So th this is powerful. Didn't know you were going to take us there, but what a great answer. You're, well, you're very welcome. I, I think that that's important. And I like the word incidental. Um, I do it, too. It, it went home with me and I'll, I'll point to popular culture in a movie. Uh, I think it was called Silence of the Lambs with my very favorite actor, Anthony Hopkins, in it playing the, um, the bad guy, the antagonist. Uh, Dr. Hannibal Lecter, and, and he's talking to Clarice, who's trying to get him to give a psychological profile on the, on the murderer in, in this uh, film. And he, and he asks basically a question, what motivates him? And she says, well, murdering young women. And he says, no, that's incidental. Right? Mm. Scary thought. He says, he actually teaches her, we covet what we see every day. It was covetousness that was the murderer's motivation, not the act of murdering. That just happened to happen. And I thought that that was really, and, and I mean, I watched the movie many times, and, and yet that particular phrase pops out because it's definitely based off of true psychotherapy and, and uh, you know, sociopathy and other psychopathies that are out there. There is no doubt that 
what most people would see as the primary focus is actually an incidental focus. And so when we talk about intentional, we're talking about what you should be focused on. Unfortunately, we're, we're all too often pulled in the direction of incidental. And so instead of managing our business as a smooth operating machine that's profit generating, we operate it almost exclusively on an exception basis. And so what do we end up doing? We manage by exception every minute of every day. We go into the office anticipating exceptions. And yet we're small business owners and entrepreneurs. We're not firefighters. If we want firefighters and we want to be adrenaline junkies, then we need to hang up our, our clipboards and our iPads and our cell phones and go put on a jacket and a car's helmet and some boots and join a fire company. <laughs> and there it is. Boy, that's motivation either, as they say, paint or get off the ladder. <laughs> Okay, so perfect lead into my next question, which is, why is this whole concept of intentional so relevant for a small business owner? Oh, this is so good. It's the shortest question I think we have in our, in our session today, which is really fantastic. But it's the one that I think really carries the point. Only through intentionally forging through each day can we as business owners properly monitor, accurately measure, and most importantly, reasonably predict our profits? I need you to repeat that again. That's excellent. So this is, this is again, I'm going to forge this in my head here. Only through intentionally forging each day, okay, can we properly monitor accurately measure and reasonably predict our profits. Thank you. That is, again, a very powerful statement for small business owners. Well, it's very easy to, to analogize too. consider a homeowner with a small garden. You know, they can use existing soil and natural rainfall to nurture their crops, right? But some organic compost and regularly watering them from a cistern will provide a consistency of attention and care. You're not waiting for the storm to show up, right? You're not utilizing municipal water. You're not going out and buying inorganic fertilizers and things like that. Just, just caring for and showing attention to your garden will do what? Well, the garden will prosper, right? <laughs> likewise, with or out, with, likewise, excuse me, with or without intentional management, the business will flourish, right? It will flourish with intentional management. Thank you for making that very practical for us to see. Another movie, right? Yes, Being yes. there, Peter Sellers, last greatest film, Chance the Gardener, and how he's advising this multi-billionaire on his deathbed as to what the president should be talking about in his economic speech. And the entire analogy is the garden will go into a period of death and decay in winter, and then and there'll be a spring following that and everything will come back. And that was exactly the analogy that the president used in the movie. I love films that make you think because they're very practical. And this is another good example of using uh, that garden. It, it, again, is it growing unintentionally? That is incidentally as a result of rainfall and maybe what's already in the soil. Ooh, weeds. Yeah, I, you've got to show it attention and care. And who would argue with good organic compost and, and some water from a sister 
There you go. <laughs> I, I love it. So intentional is one part of this. Integration is the other part of it, correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so integration requires us to have a holistic view of business and its process and all of the processes that are involved in business. Mm -hmm. And before I ask the question about that, I first want to share with everybody, this is a muscle that you develop in your business. You don't just say, okay, I got to do this because you'll try to do it and you'll be frustrated and you'll quit. This involves you consistently showing up and practicing intention and integration. And that's those are consistently calling us forward. It's a requirement of being a good owner, a good business leader, right? Thank you, Maggie. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so now that I've said that, because that's my, ooh, 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 let me have my two cents. <laughs> Dennis, that's what we're called to do. What is the first step in seeing the big picture? Okay, so I didn't put this analogy down in in my thoughts, but it just came to me as you were talking. I think we can all relate to putting, building puzzles. Mm -hmm. And what's the first thing that we always do when we're going to start a puzzle besides dump out the pieces onto our table? Flip them all over so they're right side up and we see what we have. But then, then we all do the one thing. We start creating borders so we know what our container is, right? Yes. And, and that's easy to pick out because the borders are usually straight edged. Right? There, there's no jaggedness on them. So that's an easy thing to do. But even before that, there's a company out there that's actually producing puzzles in violation of this principle. But it's okay. a very interesting one. We look at the picture that's on the cover of the box. (laughs) Yes, because that's our end game. That's it. We get to see the big picture so that as we muddle through putting the pieces together, at least we have some concept of what it's going to be at the other end. So the problem is we're like that other company now that's coming out with pictures not on the box. We just open up this, you know, Quaker oat style cylinder and we dump these pieces out. We have no idea what it's going to be when we're done. So then we go to the straight edges because we're used to that, right? We don't know what we don't know. And so knowledge in any way we can gather that expands our understanding and our ability to understand the broader and further horizon. So in our little puzzle, we're building our horizon, our edges with the straight edge. We we can acquire knowledge through formal and informal education as a practical point of view. On-the-job training and experiential learning is considered by many to be a form of informal education or simply training, but one can be trained to perform a task yet possess no understanding of why they're doing what they're doing, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. So as a business owner, intentionality and managing something very well requires us to understand the why. It's not sufficient to simply do the do. That's well, it's long gone, right? It's, it's more than just having some goods on my, on my mercantile shelf and collecting some money and bringing it into my cash register. Right. That commerce is far more complicated and actually better understood and, and more codified, more codified than it's ever been. So education as a force for our progress Uh, allows us to understand the forces for that progress in our organization 
it's a truth whether you own it, operate it, or work it for a business. There is only certain finite ways that will absolutely provide some good output at the end. It's nothing accidental. It's nothing incidental. Everything's intentional. And if it's not intentional by you, then it's going to be intentional upon you by your competition, perhaps even by your customers if they love you enough. So, right. uh, so my if, point is that education can never be taken from an individual. Education is not the goal in itself. It is simply a tool that allows us ultimately, as I used to say to my college students, allows us to grind bigger lenses for ourselves. That's what allows us to see those broader horizons, those deeper depths, so that we can see the world around us. With bigger lenses, what matters is applying that knowledge and remaining humble sufficiently to not just assemble the pieces, but to also see the gaps that need to be filled by pieces. And it's in that gap analysis that our integrations improve. In business, those improvements are with people, things, practices, ultimately gaps in profit. There you go, there you go. Gap analysis is something that was really big in the 90s, right? Yes. And it seemed to go by the wayside. And I do not understand that because it's powerful. And it's really simple. You addressed it in volume four in your chapter about productivity and, and minding the gaps. Matter of fact, uh, omitting the gaps through intentional design, right? Right. And now here you're talking about it again. Look at where your gaps are. Sometimes we don't even know how to begin that process. That's why I said it's okay if you start building a relationship with your own business. And I know that sounds mm -hmm. funny, but that's what we need to do. We start to notice what it needs and where we do have gaps because we stay consistently engaged in, in uh, what did you say, monitoring Yes, oh. you, you properly monitor because you can improperly monitor too, right? Yes. It doesn't do me any good to put EKG leads on your head. <laughs> they have to be a so properly monitor, accurately measure, and then reasonably predict, right? There. Wouldn't that be nice to wake up every morning? I could tell you, uh, having run um, uh, another company uh, as interim president, but being part of this organization for the better part of 20 years, I could tell you that I could predict the bottom line profit at the beginning of the year that I expected to see by the end of the year. That's how predictable I, I, I was able to evaluate it. And that's a beautiful goal for everyone to have, but it doesn't happen on your first try. No, Matter of fact, start with a week or a month and then build up to a quarter. See how this happens. Get intentional. It's with, not hard. It's not it, hard. It's yep. like any other skill, like you said earlier, it's a muscle that needs to be developed and that means exercise. Absolutely. So Dennis, we need to wrap this up, of course. And the good news is we have four more episodes in your mini series, but why should a small business owner who has a dream, they have their passion and a potential audience care whether their intentional management matters or not? Oh, that's really great. Um, people don't go into business by accident. People will not exit a business by accident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> True. Having the dream uh, 
you know, having a having the dream as a result, as as something that that becomes a, a sustainable business, scalable, that reality will not happen on its own. It is not incidental. It only happens uh, when people dream. Uh, and then make the concerted effort to recognize that there are people out there who are smarter than they are, more passionate than they are. It really does take a concerted, deliberate, I can use all sorts of words to categorize and, and characterize intention, but it takes that to turn a dream truly into reality and avoid the nightmarish results experienced by 60% of the SMBs in America. Nightmares. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's a dream. It's a, it's a dream come true, not a nightmare come true, even though the odds are against that. And the reason why I'm part of the book series, Maggie, is because your objective, your goal isn't to sell books. Your right. goal, as you clearly stated in, in, in the preambles that I've read over the years, and you've been very consistent about this, is to increase the success rate and decrease the failure rate of small businesses. I don't know anything else out there that provides... The diversity of input, the variety of advice, the soundness of experience on a bookshelf. I mean, it's like having little, instead of elves on the shelf, I have board of directors on the shelf. And, and they all offer me, and they'll offer your readers some really sound advice. If they if they pick up, and I'm not, I'm not trying to hawk the series. I think everybody should have it. And if we lived in a day and an age where everything was free and we could just have it appear on our desks or in our iPads or our Android phones. That'd be great. The reality is that knowledge costs money and it costs to create. And so it's a modest investment to, to purchase one or all five volumes compared to what the cost of a board of advisors would be. <laughs> a wealth of information. Correct. Correct. And guess what? Readers, you do so at your own pace. Don't care if you read at 200 words a minute or 2,000 words a minute. It's not how fast you read. It's how well you apply it. And with keen intentionality. Well, I appreciate that, Dennis, because even in the introduction of the book series, I in each volume, I talk about how we have, for the first time in history, a surplus of knowledge. And we're at a deficit of application. And, and that's why we, we have the book series and we bring in brilliant practicing experts, not theorists, because we want to help everyone shift from that failure or not so great to, I am profitable. I have a brilliant business. It is successful. And it's something you're really proud of. And it's not dragging you down every day. Well, let me so, make one more remark on that. Not to sure. step on your point, because you, you're, you're, I can sense that you're wrapping this up, and rightly so, because otherwise people's ears are going to turn to 10, as my mom would say. This predictability capability is something that maybe a small business owner can't get their head around enough to do it themselves, which is understandable. I've done this for a lot of companies. And the one that I just talked about is an interesting one because I started reading their financials in 2003. By 2006, I had 36 months of financials capable of um, enough information to do a math model. 
And that math model was a fifth order polynomial. How do you like that? <laughs> Scary, isn't it? Fifth order polynomial that predicted that the company continuing on its steady course would begin losing money by January of 2012. This okay. was predicted in 2006. People will say, oh, that's six years. Anything could happen. Right. But nothing did happen. Knowing this information, knowing their death date, knowing when they were going to start bleeding red, did not change the course of that company. I was wrong. They began bleeding red in December of 2011, not January of 2012. So I was off by a month. And I'm not proud of that fact other than to say, not only can we predict profits, but we can predict losses as well. And we need to know through that prediction process, and that only comes through intentionality. That's how we do this. That, that we need to make the kinds of strategic decisions and the kind of tactical maneuvers and pivot to really keep our company responding to change and sustaining it for the long term. That's that whole point of sustainability, okay? That's scalability. So I, I raise that point because I don't want people to think, well, he's just talking about profits, profits, profits. No, the same intentionality can reveal some very serious rocks in your way and give you plenty of time to respond. I think six years would have been plenty of time. <laughs> I think so. So what you're saying is it helps us identify the gaps. Exactly. So, so we can create a new trajectory, one that's more favorable. Yes. Okay. Beautiful. All right. That's a great way to wrap up today and let you know that we're still going to continue to impact, uh, unpack this whole concept for four more episodes because Dennis is going to keep showing up. <laughs> Good, better, and different. You're going to show up. Intentionally. <laughs> oh, like a penny. There you go. <laughs> like a penny. And I bet you're going to talk about the power of a penny somewhere along the way. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> okay. So, and yo-yos. And Pennies and yo-yos. Pennies and yo-yos. Oh, my gosh. Pennies and yo-yos. Oh, my. <laughs> Thanks, okay. baby. <laughs> Thank you. Listeners, this is how you can learn more, engage with number one best-selling uh, author. Oh, my gosh. Dennis Hill, you rock. <laughs> Start by reading chapter one in volume five of the book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And the subtitle is Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, productivity, and finding peace in your business. Now, the book is not available just yet. That's volume five. And it's the one with a turquoise cover. It's releasing on November 10th of 2021. So go ahead and mark that date on your calendar. Additionally, if you want to know more about what Dennis wrote about on intentional productivity, you can go ahead and find that in volume four. And that book is, oh, we're in all sorts of places, Barnes and Noble, and I could go on and on and on. But the easiest place probably is just go to Amazon, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And volume four has an amethyst or purple cover. And Dennis does something really cool. At the end of his chapter, he invites you to, to go ahead and accept his gift for your business. And uh, Dennis, what is, in volume five, what is it that you're inviting us to check out at the bottom of your author page? 
Well, that's what's pretty exciting, Maggie. It's it's the recipe for success, right? And everybody has these, but this is, I'm telling you, this is a real recipe. This is not a chemistry experiment in some sort of half-baked kitchen. This is really a recipe success based on 40 years of my experience doing specifically integration work. I started with manufacturing companies in the 1980s, wrote papers on it, gave presentations on it. Here I am today, not sounding like a clanging cymbal, but sounding like a beautifully orchestrated symphony. It's just absolutely wonderful. The businesses that have applied these principles, you can get this free at integrateforgrowth.com. Integrateforgrowth.com. That's where our offer is at. All right. And Dennis, um, you already have a beautiful presence on our app, which is Brilliant Biz Book. Everyone go download that. Uh, Dennis is there for for volume four, and he's about to have everything appear for volume five by the end of September. So um, go ahead and feel free to ask Dennis a question. Regardless of Volume four or five, it's really simple. You go to Ask an Expert on our app, and you can type in a message and ask Dennis anything that you want to know that's relevant to his topics, and he's going to get an email and respond back to you. Isn't that a really cool bonus? That's a great bonus, and I want to add that uh, your, your listeners, your community building begins in your mobile platform. And in our case, the Brilliant Business mobile app is our community for small business owners who want to take advantage of brilliant breakthroughs and a lot of the nuggets that all of these dozens of authors have put together over the last five years. Right. And you can you can ask any one of us a question, not just Dennis, but we're telling you how to access Dennis since you just heard him drop some wisdom bombs. So Dennis, I want to thank you for your time and your wisdom sharing today. You, you just brought it on wonderfully again. My pleasure, Maggie. And you drew it out. So thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And listeners, we do appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week.